Apparently, I made a, a, a few enemies yesterday when I said that um, Alvin Kamara should be, if I were the commissioner, and obviously I'm not, I don't think I would be doing a, a little podcast in New Orleans if I were the commissioner of the National Football League. And, you know, I doubt if, our, if the commissioner of the National Football League was born and raised in New Orleans, people would still think that he or I or whatever hates the Saints. But anyway, yesterday I said that if I were the commissioner, I would have suspended Alvin Kamara for a year. People didn't like that. Well, why are they getting pissed off at me? I mean, I'm not the commissioner. I don't make the suspension. I don't get it. What is the hate? There's so much hate. Can't we all just love one another? You know what? I'm going to dedicate the next hour of datitude to loving one another. We're all going to be, it's all going to be one big happy, happy, joy, joy kind of day. And you can be a part of it. Coming up next on Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of Datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is. Or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to everybody else out there who hates my ever-loving guts. I mean, I love you. You don't have to hate me. I'm just little old Jim Derry, Sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the Advocate, and bet.nola.com. And this is Datitude, the Datitude podcast, episode number 159. How the hell have we made it 159 episodes? For a Friday, August the 4th, 2023. Yep, I got a little Datitude this morning. Yep, I'm being sarcastic. Yep, you're going to have to deal with it. Oh, we just lost about 20 more listeners. I guess I shouldn't be that big of an asshole or I am going to lose more people. I mean, it's a fine line. I mean, do you, do you worry when you do these kinds of shows? Like, if I say such and such, I'm going to lose listeners. Am I supposed to, when you do a show like this, are you supposed to worry about that? Because then it would be, oh, my God. I can't believe they're going to suspend Alvin Kamara. I mean, just because he kicked an unconscious guy in the face repeatedly and within a heartbeat of his life and his felony got reduced to a misdemeanor because his name's Alvin Kamara. I don't know, man. I, I don't think he should be suspended for that. I mean, is that how I should re react to this? I mean, really. It, it's, it's a pretty simple question. I mean, when you get to a point where Joe Q. Public would probably already be in jail and convicted of a felony. I mean, think about how long this has drug on, by the way. I mean, this should have been done before last season. He should have served the suspension, been over and done with by now. What is the point of making this last forever? That we're still talking about the same thing we are talking about this time last year. Remember last year, last preseason, where we were like, when is the suspension going to come out? And I kept saying, I think the longer this goes on, the more of a chance it doesn't happen this season. And people were saying, oh, no, it's going to happen this season. And people were worried about 
whether it would affect the playoff run. Well, guess what? The Saints didn't go to the playoffs, and now we're sitting here wondering how many games into this season Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended. You all just wish it would have got over with last year now, don't you? Going to talk about this and some other things with my new Friday guest, regular Friday guest, although he's not going to be a regular Friday guest until next month. Larry Holder of The Athletic, my old friend, um, is going to come on the show. And he, he, look, starting on September the 8th, he is going to be a regular Friday guest. He's taking the spot of Jeff Duncan, and I've told you this last week if you weren't here. Um, Dunk's got uh, some other obligations this year. Uh, they're starting uh, a new Saints thing on NOLA.com, Saints Insider. Uh, they're going to have their own podcast, and also he's got some more obligations with Fox 8. So Dunk is, uh, was not going to be able to do the show on Fridays, so we got his old partner, Larry Holder. You remember the Duncan Holder show, like we said. So it's going to be fun. Larry and I used to have fun on Fridays back when we did the old Black and Gold Today show back in 2015 and thereafter a little bit. Uh, frankly, I gave Larry Holder a hard time, and I'm not sure exactly why he agreed to come on on Fridays so I can reprise that role of giving him a hard time. But good for him. Uh, but he's going to come on today, and we're going to practice. No, we have, we, <laughs> we have a little fun. We're, uh, we're going to obviously talk Saints. We're going to talk um, about my NFC West previews. In case you didn't know, I'm doing a division a week, a team a day, Tuesday through Friday, different division every week uh, until the season starts. This week is the NFC West, so you can go find all my uh, preseason predictions and thoughts on uh, NFC West teams on all of our social media, NOLA.com, bet.nola.com, and The Advocate. Uh, you can find them all there and what I think about each team in the NFC West. So that's how we're going to wrap up the show today. He is, Larry is going to tell me what he thinks about my predictions in the NFC West. Um, before I get back to Alvin Kamara, and again, Larry and I are going to talk a lot about it. And, and again, you know, if you want to hate me, hate me. But, uh, you know, no one's going to hate me about this, 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 what I'm about to say. And it's the breaking news this morning that Cameron Jordan defensive end extraordinaire for the New Orleans Saints, uh, received a two-year extension, I believe is $27 or $28 million, which will most likely allow Cam to finish his career as a Saint. Whether he's ready to retire at the end of the 2025 season or not remains to be seen, obviously, uh, but he will be 36 years old at that point. Uh, Larry and I get into uh, Cam and his career, and I think... I think we all agree that Cam isn't quite the player that he was even maybe two, three, four years ago, but that uh, my thoughts are that an 80% Cam Jordan is still pretty damn good and better than most defensive ends in the league. So uh, I'm not always fond of doing these sorts of contracts, and that is a lot of money for a team that usually finds itself in cap hell, but I think in this case it is certainly worth it, and congratulations to Cam Jordan. Uh, he deserves to retire New Orleans Saint. Um, so we look forward to seeing what he, he's able to do on his way to the Hall of Fame. You know, Larry and I talk about it, but you know, and I don't think I said this in the segment with Larry, but I think Cam is a surefire Hall, Hall of Famer right now. I think if he retired tomorrow, he would be a Hall of Famer. Uh, Larry gives some of his stats. I did not know this. He has one sack more than J.J. Watt. 
I think we all agree that J.J. Watt is going to be a Hall of Famer. And Cam Jordan has one more sack than he does. Now, granted, J.J. Watt has been injured a lot more in his career than Cam Jordan. Knock on this mic. Uh, I don't want to jinx anything, and I do believe in jinxes, by the way. Uh, but uh, I do, I, look, Cam Jordan, is he better than J.J. Watt? Um, in some aspects. I think in durability, obviously, and consistency. Um, I think J.J. Watt in one piece of his career, when he was on the field regularly, he was as dominating as maybe any player that's played that position. But he wasn't there consistently. I mean, towards the end of his career, he was a shell of himself. Whereas Cam Jordan has been, to me, the same kind of player since he came in the league, I think, what, 2011? So uh, overall, I'd rather have Cam Jordan. I'd rather have Cam Jordan's output over the course of 13, 14, 15 seasons, whatever it's going to turn out to be in the end, than have J.J. Watt, who is dominating for, what, six, seven seasons? Um, if you go back and look, and how many, how many years did he lead the Texans to the playoffs? He did not a whole bunch for the Cardinals. So... I don't know. I'd rather have Cam Jordan. And I'm being serious. And J.J. Uh, Watt's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I think Cam Jordan belongs in the Hall of Fame, too. Okay, and I, we're also going to talk uh, about the, the depth and the Saints' issues at uh, different positions. Um, offensive line and linebacker, you've got to be concerned, not just because that the team has had injuries there. Uh, you lose Trey Turner, okay, well, you signed him to be a backup, although he probably was going to get a lot of time as a starter. Um, and actually, had he not gotten hurt, you would have to assume that they were going to plug him in at left guard because Anders Pete, shocker, hurt. I mean, and they're not, the Saints aren't talking about Anders Pete. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, they're trying to make out like it's not that big of a deal, but the longer they go without giving us any updates, and I knew it just happened early this week, but the longer the Saints go without giving us any updates on Anders Pete, the longer, they do this all the time. They did it with Mike Thomas. Uh, they don't tell you. They just don't tell you. Oh yeah, he'll be fine. I mean, that's what they want you to believe that he's going to be fine. Well, if we go into the end of next week and we have heard basically no updates or a whole lot of sunshine blowing up our keisters on Anders Pete, I'm just going to assume that he's going to be out for a long time, because that's how the Saints operate. That's how you interpret. If someone is on the borderline of coming back, they start saying, well, I don't know, he's still got this to do and that to do, and, you know, he's got to get through this hurdle and that hurdle. Well, you know that he's working and he's probably almost ready to come back. But if they don't want to talk about a guy, oh, yeah, he'll be fine. Then he's not fine. I mean, that's what they did with Michael Thomas. They didn't want to talk. They didn't want to say a word about Michael Thomas. For the last three years, they basically hardly, eh, Michael, whatever. So you have to go through and be able to interpret um, Saintsish, Saintslish, or Saintonese, or Saintonic, or whatever you want to call it, the Saints language. Because they certainly have a language and you have to be able to interpret it. And I, I just think at this point, you better get ready for James Hurst to be the left guard, which is fine. I don't have a problem with James Hurst being the left guard. But then you're taking away depth at other positions, including left tackle. You're just assuming Trevor Penning is ready to be a starting left tackle in the NFL. And by what, by what I saw towards the end of last season, he better be a whole hell of a lot better than that because he wasn't ready at the end of last season. 
I got to say, if I were Derek Carr, I'd be worried right now. And it's also why I've been saying all summer and would say it now, there is no reason to bet anything on the New Orleans Saints right now. There's that number of plus 3,500 to win the Super Bowl, of plus 120 to win the NFC South, the over-under win total of nine at some places, nine and a half at Caesars Sportsbook, is not going to go up. It's only going to go down. There's no reason to bet any of that. The only reason you would bet on anything that revolves around the Saints is if you were betting unders or against this team. Because I, I'm starting to think under now. I got to be honest. I'm, I am shying away more and more every day on this team. Again, we've got a whole month to, to worry about it. I've got a month. In fact, we're not... We're more than a month away from when my prediction or my uh, preview on the Saints comes out. It comes out on September the 8th. So in the grand scheme of things, when you're my age, that's not a long time, but it really is. I mean, in football land, a lot of things can happen. Um, I can tell you this. I'm not going into the season with blinders on like I did last year. There's no question overall this team is probably better than it was last year. So just by that reasoning alone, their schedule is much easier than it was last year. So that reasoning alone tells me that this team should be at least a nine-win kind of team, maybe 10 wins. 10 wins is probably enough to win the NFC South. So for that, those reasons alone, I should think that the Saints are going to be either at nine wins or above, which means I wouldn't bet the under. But I'm getting bad vibes. Here we go again with the media and again, I, I, I'm going on uh, fourth down on four on Sunday night with Doug Mouton. And one of the things, one of the main things we're going to talk about is over-unders with some teams, and we're going to lead off with the Saints. And I've been on the over-train kind of a hesitant over, not something I'd be willing to bet. But here we go again with the media, the local media, showering love and praise on this team. Last year, I've told you this before, but Jeff Duncan had a poll of 27 local media members. By the way, I'm offended he didn't ask me. I wasn't one of the 27, but whatever. Uh, but anyway, the 27 local media members all said the Saints would win more. Not only did they say they would win more than the 7.5, which was the over-under total in the, in the summer, or the 8.5, which was the over-under total right before the season started, but they were all, I think, except for two, were over nine wins, and the other two were at nine wins. We had some people saying the Saints would win 11 or 12 games last year, which, which was obscene. So when I saw that, I knew my prediction. I, I thought the best bet in football last year, the best futures bet in football last year was Saints over seven and a half wins. I didn't see how it couldn't win. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh, we're screwed. If you bet on the Saints over, you're screwed. They almost pulled it out, and then they just didn't care at the end. Ended up working out for them because Carolina got the uh, second-place schedule in the NFC South, and the Saints got the third place, which I think actually makes a difference. We'll see if it makes a difference or not, but I think the Saints benefited by, and in the grand scheme of things by losing that last game, but my bank account didn't. Anyway, I knew we were all hosed. When everybody and we're kind of doing that again, my point—that's my point. I think we're kind of getting in that same boat where the media members are buying in, and you know, they're telling me, "Well, they're just saying the right things." 
They just sound like winners. Well, I mean, you could go into a season saying the team sounds like a winner. Dennis Allen's more confident this season. Derek Carr's here. Well, that's great, but if you don't have an offensive line to block for Derek Carr and your star running back is going to miss a third of the season when you got four road games and six to start and your backup linebacker is out for the season who is going to take the spot of Caden Ellis most likely and we're depending on, and I'm saying we, I mean the Saints are depending on Michael Thomas. Oh, this time, this time for sure. He's healthy this time. Believe me. Don't look over there. Look over here. He is fine this time. We promise you he's fine this time. Michael Thomas. I'm, I can't read. Michael Thomas saying all the right things. But you know what he said all the right things, I think, before last year? I'll believe it when I see it. I'm not going out on a limb this year. I can tell you, no matter what I predict with the Saints, whether I predict them to win the division, whether I predict them to be over or under, I haven't made a final decision. I really haven't. But whatever I predict, I'm not putting money on it this year. I ain't falling for that trap again. So, anyway, as we get into about to put Larry on here, and, um, you know, the Camara thing, it's, it's bothersome. I, and I'm, you know, if you watch watched us on Bayou Bets talking about it this week, and we, I know a lot of you have watched. We, we've had really good numbers this week. We appreciate that. Um, Spencer and I both said we just want it to be over for the most part. Just get this thing over with. I'm not sure why this needs to linger. I think Roger Gannell knows what the punishment's going to be. Maybe he's dotting I's and crossing T's, or maybe he's crossing I's and dotting T's, or whatever he's doing. But just do it. Um, and I don't see how this lasts longer than, like, the middle of next week. Honestly, I'd be surprised if we don't have an answer by Monday or Tuesday. I mean, he wouldn't dump this on a weekend, would he, when there's nothing going on? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but I think, uh, I think Monday's the day. I really do. I think Monday's going to be the day we find out Alvin Kamara's suspension. But like I told Larry, it's happened many times before when something I'm talking about gets resolved, like, right after I published the podcast. So if that happens today, I apologize that I published a podcast and then we find out in this, this whole show. Is, well, it's not really moot because we still talk about what we think would be an apropos punishment. We had a lot of reaction from uh, readers, listeners, whatever you want to call them, watchers. They were watchers because if you don't know, you, you're, you're living in a cave if you don't know this. But we're live just about every Friday and I think every Friday through the rest of the year. Um, unless the Saints, uh, there'll be days when the Saints have weird schedules. We may do it on a Thursday when they have a Thursday game. I don't know. But anyway, you get the gist of where I'm going with this. Um, we're live on bet.nola.com and nola.com and The Advocate on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I think the only one we're not live on is Advocate on Twitter. But all the other platforms, we're live on Advocate's YouTube, nola.com's YouTube, nola.com's Facebook, etc. Uh, and our new time is going to be 10 a.m. We were on with 9.15 with Dunk. Um, Larry's going to have some other obligations in the fall. So I'm just going to change the time. We're going to do 10 a.m. in the fall. We might as well do 10 a.m. now. Uh, so that is going to be what time we're on live, which obviously pushes the, the audio-only pod, my monologue, back a little bit. But that's okay. You guys can wait. I know a lot of you listen uh, on your way home from work or uh, over the weekend anyway. Um, 
but you know we we had a lot of response from from listeners, and I appreciate it. Of course, and and I what I liked about this morning was they these listeners were most of them were way more realistic than the ones we've been having on Bayou Bets. The ones that are watching on Bayou Bets, and I had a guy yesterday, Thursday, depending on when you're listening to this. A guy on Thursday said he was never going to listen to me host any show ever again because he didn't like my opinion on if I were commissioner, how many games I would give Alvin Kamara. Because the answer was 17. If I were the commissioner of the National Football League, I would have suspended Alvin Kamara for the season. Now, you could not like my stance and not like, not agree with me and you can think that anything more than two games is ridiculous. I mean, I think you're wrong. But that doesn't mean we can't be friends. It doesn't mean you can't listen to me ever again because you disagree agree with my assessment on how long Alvin Kamara should be punished going back to the start of this show. I mean, that's absurd. So, I mean, do we go through life if we don't agree with someone? I can't even talk. I mean, what happens in marriages when you've got a conservative married to a liberal because I, I have lots of friends that I know conservatives married to liberals um, and I'm not going to tell you where I stand people who know me probably know where I stand but I will say throughout my life and not so much with my, my, with my wife but throughout my life my, I've had many relationships where the person that I was with, my partner, was on the other side of the political aisle as me. Let's just put it that way. And that never was a cause for concern in a relationship, nor should it be. Why? Because we're all supposed to be able to have opinions in this America that we live in. And it doesn't mean that we can't be friends. And if you think a certain way, I'm not going to dislike you if you think a certain way. I may think you're off base or you need to, you know, I'll try to make you rethink your belief. Not that I'm going to change your opinion, but we could still love one another or maybe dislike one another. How about that? Let's start with that. I don't know. I just thought it was, and I know I'm going on a rant here and a tangent, but uh, I just thought it was hysterical. The guy literally said he was never going to listen to me again because he thought my assessment of the Alvin Kamara situation was absurd. Well, okay. I, I told him that uh, I was going to rush to the store when the show was over, and I was going to go get melatonin so I could make sure that I slept last night. And I forgot to get melatonin, and I, and I actually slept better last night than I think I've slept in, I don't know, a long time. Just coincidentally. No kidding. I don't know what it was about last night. I slept better last night than I've slept in weeks. I don't know. Maybe it was because of that. Maybe it was in the back of my mind. Or maybe I had, uh, I don't know. You know, you can do air guitar. Can you have air melatonin? Maybe. All right, enough rambling. Let's get to our guest. Again, I'm a big fan of Larry Holder. I give him a lot of grief. It's only because I appreciate him. Most of the time, I think we think the same. Well, let's see how we think today about Cam Jordan, Alvin Kamara, and the depth with the Saints, uh, some certain positions for the Saints, and finish it off with my predictions in the NFC West. Then I'll be back to finish it off with a song. 
No doubt. Um, you know, we're going to talk. We're going to get into the Saints uh, in a minute, and we're going to talk about Alvin Kamara in a minute, which is not the lead of today's news. But already, my haters are out there. Uh, Casey uh, Garber is replying to something I said yesterday, which uh, Alvin Kamara on a Bayou Bet show. We talked about Larry. We talked about uh, how much time do we think that Alvin Kamara is going to get, and then how much time do we think. If, if we were commissioner, Spencer Urquhart and I, if we were commissioner, how much time would he get? And so Casey's, uh, I guess, pissed off at me because I said if I were commissioner, Alvin Kamara would get a year's suspension. But that we'll get to that in, in just a minute. So uh, the hater couldn't wait for me to come on this morning and, and give me some grief. Uh, Jerry is with us. Uh, Jerry's always with us. He's happy about Cam Jordan. That is the lead of today's story. Trav 504 is with us. If you want to comment or ask, Either Larry or myself a question. All you got to do is put it in the comments, and uh, we'll, we'll show it. Super fancy comment section. There we go. All right. We'll I see, see Browns exists. with us. He's here. He wants to get going. Uh, first of all, Jerry wants to know. Uh, he wants to know. Will we see the Duncan Holder podcast? I mean, it's kind of impossible now, right? I mean, yeah, that was a, a creation at the Athletic, and uh, Jeff and I obviously we haven't worked together in three years, so that's. Uh, that's not going to be the case. Uh, that's, but I will say this. Can I just basically usurp your? You can, uh, please. By all means. We're joining Jim every Friday, uh, except uh, let, in August, it's going to be this will probably be my only appearance. But during the regular season, I'll be joining Jim every Friday. Every uh, Friday morning. Uh, we told you last week um, on the podcast, because we didn't do a live show last week, but we told you on the podcast that. Jeff Duncan has got some other obligations and won't be able to uh, do Fridays. So I've got uh, his counterpart. You know, we, we, we had Dunk for a while, and now we're going to have Holder. I should go get the banner. I still have it. Like, the, uh, I had the whole I, thing. We should you know have, what? You, I mean, you appeared enough. It should have been like Dunk, Darian, Holder. <laughs> well, I was on it a lot. But yeah. anyway, it'll be uh, Darian, Holder, a Holder and Derry, however you want to do it. On Fridays. Throughout the fall, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be talking Saints. We'll be talking NFL. Um, we got a lot of comments already, so let's get to uh, the let's get to it here. David Ducas is super happy. Cam is staying for the next two years, three years, and will most likely retire as a Saint. So let's start. That is the lead. In case you didn't hear it this morning, Cameron Jordan. We're going to get to the. Uh, I know we got some other comments and a lot about Kamara going on. We'll get to them in just a minute. I promise. We're going to talk about Cam for a few minutes, and then we are going to get to Alvin Kamara, and I'm going to. Talk about what I said yesterday, and I know some people were pissed off about it, and too bad. That's the way that I think. If you don't like it, you're you're more than free to disagree with me. You don't have to stop listening to me. I had a couple people who said they will never listen to me ever again but, because I gave my opinion, and that's okay. But, uh, yeah, maybe we're going to have to get trombone, trombone shorty uh, on here. Jerry says every time he sees uh, here's hurricane season he thinks about dunk i think the same thing too which is funny it's like uh it, it, uh, it that's that was a that was a fun time uh and especially uh i i like i'd pick the theme song so uh jeff just kind of like well it I, good. I think maybe during the fall maybe i'll replace that timer with the with the with the clapping we'll we'll Replace with trombone shorts. I'm down with that. I'm, okay. I'm sure. I'm sure Troy uh, will be fine with that. No okay. Well, let's ask him if it's okay. And if it is, <laughs> we'll do it. All right. Uh, Cam Jordan. The news this morning is that he signed a two-year extension. Uh, I saw the amount earlier. I think it's in the neighborhood. I think it's 27 million. I don't see it here in the story that I'm looking at, but I think it's 27 million two-year contract extension, which means 
He's got this year and two more, which means he'll go through the 2025 season. He is 34 years old now, which means, and he just turned 34. So he'll be 36 years old when the contract ends. In all likelihood, he gets to do, Larry, with a lot of players, almost every player, actually. Very few players get to do what Cam Jordan is going to do, and that is going to be to retire most likely with the team that drafted him and signed him first. Yeah, and it's something that I know he was talking about publicly that uh, he didn't want to leave New Orleans, wanted to finish his career in New Orleans, and obviously one of the all-time great Saints, doesn't matter which side of the football. Uh, you know, he'll be in that, um, what do they call it, the Ring of Honor? I, don't, I forget what the Saints call it, but he'll be up there uh, just with, uh, along with like Drew Brees and some of the greats. And this to me, here's the thing. He is, I would say, a borderline Hall of Famer. Like, he will be in the conversation uh, if his career ended today. He could be, say, a finalist if his career ended today. But uh, right now, he's 23rd on the all-time sack list. He's actually one sack ahead of J.J. Watt. Uh, And he's, he's he's less than 10 behind Von Miller. Of course, they're all those guys are from the 2011 draft class. So if Cam can be productive, even semi-productive, these next three years, stay healthy, be on the field, he could climb, say, even past Ricky Jackson on the sack list. He could climb into maybe the top 15, uh, like even higher than that. So that would firmly kind of entrench him in that conversation and into the Hall of Fame. So I think that's probably part of it. But he can also still play. Uh, So I think that's part of it, too. And, look, we know the Saints, they like to, if they have the opportunity, uh, be loyal to the people that are loyal to them. And a lot of times the Saints, uh, going back to see that Super Bowl era, uh, they were maybe a little loyal to some of those players too long, and they kind of got old. Uh, But Cam Jordan, is he getting older? Sure. Is his production a little bit down? Uh, I wrote about it actually this morning in analyzing the deal at, at The Athletic. Uh, his production is a little bit down. Sacks numbers were a little bit down. His pressure percentage the last four years has dropped actually pretty dramatically. But still, he's a guy who plays every down and someone you can count on for at least being there and and sack totals being productive every down player. So it keeps him on the field uh, and keeps him really in this stage of his career, and I know the Saints want this for him, kind of in a Hall of Fame trajectory. And he, if he keeps going the way he is, uh, he will be enshrined in camp. You know, Larry, uh, I, I think that Cam is a guy, 80% Cam Jordan, uh, 80%, when I say 80%, 80% of maybe the Cam Jordan we had three, four, five years ago is still a really damn good player. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, he's better than uh, so many players. Like, uh, any team would want him. That's the yeah. thing. Like, say if he was let go, any team would want him. I mean, he made the Pro Bowl last year. I mean, some maybe part of it was his name, but he's deserved it because there's been years where he didn't make it, and you kind of earn your way in. Uh, but still, I think that this is something that uh, it's all, all this money's guaranteed, by the way. So it's not like he's going anywhere. Right. And I'm sure the way that the Saints uh, structure contracts, some of this will be pushed down. It probably frees up money uh, going forward. So there's a method to the madness. But they want to be loyal to – a player, it, it, they probably look at him in the same way as Drew Brees. It's like, hey, Cam, you play as long as you want, and we'll let you go out on your own terms. Same, they did the same thing with Drew Brees, and that's kind of a rare thing 
uh, in the NFL. Not super rare for the Saints, but it's a rare thing across the league. Jim Derry here with my new Friday buddy, Larry Holder. Again, Larry is here. This is the only appearance he'll have in August because he's got some ten- – I don't know if y'all knew this, but Larry's a tennis pro. Okay, so Not a pro. Got- I want, like, at one point in my life, like probably 12 years ago, I was rated high enough to be a pro, but uh, I've aged. And I'm still a good player, but I wouldn't be like a tennis You would like- kick my ass, so. Well, yes. I mean, look, I being mean- a pro and kicking your ass is like – Oh, it is what it is. And I mean, like okay. acti. Like, I mean, I kick your ass in fantasy baseball. You could kick my ass in tennis. It's 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 all good. It's fine. That depends on the look. That we could have a whole we could have a whole media conversation on fantasy baseball. Yeah, who knows? We, works, uh, we, in, in we, we probably will in a press box at some point in the near future. <laughs> all right, um, we're gonna move on and talk about Alvin Kamara. And you know, again, yesterday, if you feel free. By the way. Uh, the, the question this morning, and I'd love to hear all your comments. We got some already, and I'm going to show them in just a minute. I got some people that really don't like me now. I've, I was on the Bayou Bet show. Now? Oh, now? Well, I got some people who haven't liked me for decades. Right. But, um, you know, my wife's still with me. My kids are still living here. So, so far, <laughs> at least the thing that's really important is, is working out for me. But um, we have some comments, and I said yesterday. The questions are, and you again, feel free to answer in the comments section, uh, and we'll show them on the air. If you don't agree with me, it's okay. We can still be friends if you don't agree. You don't have to shut me off forever. If you want to, that's fine, too. I'm still going to probably sleep tonight. But the questions are, how long do you think Alvin Kamara will get suspended? And if you were the commissioner, how long would you personally Suspend Alvin Kamara if it were you. Now, take out the Saints fan in you when you do this. I don't want to hear, oh, we can't lose them. I wouldn't suspend them at all. No. You have to be the commissioner. You're, you have to be fair and as impartial as you're humanly possible, which is hard to do. So my answers were, I thought he would get, I, and I do, I think. We don't know yet, Friday morning as we speak. We might know by the time. Usually, breaking news like this comes out after we talk about something, about five minutes after I hit the button. So that, uh, there's a good chance it'll happen today. But my answers are, I think he will be suspended for six games. Maybe reduced down to five. Maybe it's eight and gets reduced to six. It's going to be somewhere in that ballpark, is my opinion, knowing how the NFL works. But what people didn't like, is I said, trying to be impartial, if it were up to me, if I were the commissioner, from that video, I could care less about what he got charged with or what he's going to end up settling for or whatever. From that video, you cannot let things like that slide. And I would have suspended him for an entire year. And I know a lot of people think that's harsh. But, Larry, I'm interested in your opinions, and we'll show some of the ones we have on here. Uh, I think he will be suspended six games. I don't care that he went and saw Roger Goodell. So what? I mean, it is what it is. Uh, he, I don't care what his – his story or his side of the story. I mean, he wouldn't have settled. If, if, if he thought he could have won in court, he would have settled. Like, you know, that's – no. So, I, I look, six games. I think you'll get six games. And I think he deserves six games. Okay. Uh, I'm just going by how the NFL suspends people. I mean, the NFL only suspended Deshaun Watson 11 games. Deshaun Watson did a lot worse. That's true. So, I, I, like, a lot worse. Uh, and I'll be, let's go way back, um, to when there was video of someone 
a running back punching someone, and it was Ray Rice punching out his girlfriend in an elevator. That is worse than punching out a guy. Let's be honest. That is true, but that was a... He was suspended at first. Well, this was way back when, when they didn't have the same rules. Uh, Once the video came out, they suspended him indefinitely. He was cut and never played again. So, but this is different, different set of circumstances. I would say this isn't as serious as that. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's not light, but it's not as serious. I mean, let's. Well, here's my favorite comment so far that we have, and I purposely waited to show it. So I hope he's still watching, but Andy, I don't know if it's Levine or Levin, but Andy, you had the best comment so far. He says six games, but John Gruden is in town, so it's going to be eight. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, yeah, by the way, if you haven't heard that as well, John Gruden is in town. Uh, that, well, at least that's the word that he is going to be uh, around Saints camp. Eric Fields, if I can show it here, Eric Fields says six or more games sounds reasonable to him. So this is a little bit more reasonable group this morning. Uh, Twinette says she loves Alvin Kamara. I'm not saying I don't love Alvin Kamara. I appreciate everything he's done for this team. And obviously, you know, part of the thing that, that's, that sucks when you're trying to make a decision like this is you're talking about a guy who's never been, not only has he never been any kind of problem before, but you're talking about a guy who it just seems like a happy-go-lucky kind of, Stays home when he when he's in New Orleans and probably playing video games and whatever. I mean, he just seems like a fun kind of guy. I don't even think he goes out a whole lot from everything that I understand. So anything can happen. But when you have video like this, Larry, that shows again, the NFL can't get away from this video. If they didn't have video and it was just, you know, he said he said, that'd be one thing. Maybe he could get three or four games. But I think this video. If they go light on this, it's going to come back to haunt them. Well, I, I don't think even like the video makes it more in your face, and it's hard to say, oh well, he's not going to. He should get two games like that's that, yeah. that you know. But I still think the NFL is pretty pretty clear cut when it comes to something like this, whether there's video or not. Uh, they go by what happens in court. Alvin Kamara basically pleads no contest, essentially saying, "All right, I did it. Let's move on. I'm settling with this guy." Uh, there's pictures of what they did to him, whether yep. there's video or not. Uh, but, the you know, so I, I just think that it's not going to – any kind of case that would involve uh, the same sort of charges, whether there's video or not, I think the NFL would have treated it the same. They just have more backing to say, all right, we're going to stick with what we do. You could appeal. It doesn't matter. It's even more damning than you say. But still, it just kind of – look, he pleaded down to, like, misdemeanors. So it's not felonies. So, look, I think six games – would be as maximum as they go. I think that's what they're going to do. So, uh, you know, I, you know, it's it's kind of uniform. Like you're, you're looking at it, saying, "All right, this is brutal." You know, he shouldn't have done this. It's like six against one. Uh, right. and Kamara's in there doing it. I get that. Uh, and if he was Joe Citizen, he'd probably be in jail. Oh, not probably. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. He would be so, in jail. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he could you could kind of buy your way out of jail uh, when you have that kind of money. Yeah, if he were Alvin Citizen, he would 100% be in jail. Uh, A couple questions here, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Tell me if I'm not. Is it Twinette or is it Toynette? I think it looks like Twinette. I mean, living in New Orleans, I'm assuming that the T-O-I is Twa. He looks so ready at at training camp, he does. He looks, looks, from all accounts, he looks as good as he's looked. Um, And I think once he gets past this, 
I think part of the reason why he had as many issues um, last year is because this was kind of hanging over his head. He didn't look like himself, uh, but he still must face the consequences. And she says it's too net, too net. Okay, well, too net. Um, I agree with you. And Josh asked uh, if he makes an appeal, will that reduce it at all? I mean, I don't think we really know the answer to that. He's going to appeal most likely, unless it's if it's four games or less, he probably won't. Goodell is the judge in the appeal, so if he makes Correct. a suspension, it's going to be. It's going to be hard to overturn that unless he recuses himself. I doubt that happens. I mean, this, yeah, it's, uh, and you're talking about, all right, let's talk about Kamara in terms of production. Like he's going to miss some time. We know yeah. that. So yeah. I could tell you Kamara in, in some of the uh, running back outlook stories I've done at the athletic over the last say year, two years, uh, Kamara has fallen off the map badly. hundred percent. And I agree. I'm like, it's, you hear the hot topic of running backs getting paid, and now their their value has diminished. I would point to one of two contracts as a big reason why uh, teams are not willing to pay running backs as high as they used to. One is Alvin Kamara. The other one is Ezekiel Elliott. They both got huge money at the same time. Neither one of them produced yep. fully to what they got paid. And I forget which running back it was during training camp because everybody's saying – uh, oh, you know, running backs are trying to defend themselves. But one running back I'd like to say was Travis Etienne from the Jaguars. Uh, basically went kind of the contrarian route saying, hey, if we want to get paid higher, you've got to be versatile. Yeah. Like, so it made more sense to pay someone like Kamara big money, like, say, Christian McCaffrey, because they're versatile. Kamara just fell off. The Saints didn't use him in that same versatile role. They used him more as a runner. And so that didn't look good. And Zeke Elliott's not a big guy in the passing game. And you look at the guys who are trying to get paid, Saquon Barkley and uh, Josh Jacobs, they're more running backs, not as used heavily in the passing game. If you want to get paid big money, you got to do more than just be north-south. So Kamara has fallen off the map. He usually needs a good compliment. A, you needed him, you needed Jamal Williams to come in just to be that yep. good compliment. And B, you needed him to come in because you knew Kamara was going to miss time. So I think that dynamic, whether Kamara misses time or they're together, that group should be better uh, just because of the addition of Jamal Williams. And Alvin Kamara, if, like when he's there, you can use him as a receiver more, be versatile. And I think that that will aid the Saints greatly because Kamara was at his best when they had a viable 1A when like say Ingram was viable yep, like last sure. year last couple of years that was not the case there's no question about that Charles Broom brings up a great point the last thing Goodell wants is a stream of players having to face having face-to-face -face meetings on discipline so he foresees no mercy um you know what go up to the NFL office to plead their case I mean that happens and it's so it, this isn't like the first or the second or the fifteenth or the twentieth. No, it's just a it's a star player that did it, so that's why it's getting more more play. Well, the star player, yeah, right, and he had the means to go up there and do it, and you know, Kamara. Look, if you want to try, to do, let's it's better than not trying to get yeah. me. Which is why I don't think he's going to appeal. I think he probably. My guess is, my guess is Alvin Kamara knows what he's going to get. I bet he already knows. 
I, I think Goodell probably gave him a good structure and says, look, I'm not ready to officially say what you're going to get, but this is about what it's going to be. Well, there's also precedent. I mean, that's Correct. something like this. That's that's what it is. That's why I think it's going to be six games, and, and you you would know better than me. You're saying the same thing, so I think six is probably about Like, if it fell to four, I'd be like, okay, well, then that's... Right, you wouldn't be surprised. I think the minimum is four. Case. That would be a good case scenario. I, 100%. Let's look at the schedule because let's talk about what the Saints are going to have to go through without Alvin Kamara. And uh, I have our team previews. We won't be doing the Saints. In case you don't know, we're doing one game, one team a day, Tuesday through Friday, a division a week until the start of the regular season. The Saints will be the last one we do. They are on Friday, September the 8th. So when Larry and I are getting together to talk about the season opener, it'll be the same day that we have the Saints preview. Who knows? Maybe we'll just bottle them all up together. But this is what you're looking at, Saints fans. And to me, even though the Saints have the easiest schedule, it's a formula I derived from Caesars Sportsbook over under totals. I don't think, I think over, I think win totals from last year are almost irrelevant because when you're talking about going into the next season, teams are different. So I derived this, it's, it's a long drawn out formula. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you what it is. But I'll be like, I'll, I'll, I'll echo that same case in point, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Correct. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but by this schedule, the Saints have the easiest schedule in the NFL, but I don't necessarily think it starts all that easy. And the reason being, Larry, four of your first six games are on the road. So if he gets a six game suspension, you're talking about having maybe your top offensive threat um, without being without him, without those four games on the road at Carolina. I'm telling you, Carolina is going to be tough this year. I think their defense is is super good. We'll talk about them more later on, but um, I think Green Bay is going to be much tougher than anybody thinks. Uh, going to New England is no picnic, and Houston is what it is. Uh, and then you open the season at home against Tennessee and home at Tampa Bay. But to me, it's a tough stretch. It's a stretch where the Saints need to go at least three and three to get out of that to have a to be in a good spot to maybe win ten games. Well, if you're going to ask me to kind of go through that schedule, uh, that doesn't look super tough to me. I think it's more about uh, how the Saints are themselves, less about the opponents, because I could, I would argue that uh, you, that every one of those games is winnable. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Tennessee, uh, they they hope they wish they didn't have to start Ryan Tannehill. They drafted two quarterbacks, so they don't have a ton of faith in them, uh, and and they're kind of on the downslide. Uh, you know, I know they just got DeAndre Hopkins, but and, at Carolina, I, I'm with you. It, it's all, I mean, obviously, it's all going to depend on how quickly Bryce Young uh, gets into the fold. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, because I think in the division, I think Atlanta is going to be sneaky tougher than what people think. Uh, so if you're going to talk about that. But then, you know, you looked at, at Green Bay, how is Jordan Love going to acclimate? Uh, you know, so in New England, I still think they're shaky. Tampa could be the number one pick overall in the draft. I agree wholeheartedly. And then no, be New the England, running. who knows? They might they might see Mac Jones for four games and go back to um, Bailey Zappi. You know, they were chanting for him last year. And then at Houston, again, another rookie quarterback in Houston, just bad too. So, look, I think it's more about, all right, if the Saints can get their act together, uh, they can win without Camara in yep. those games. I think I don't think there's any doubt about that. So I, you know, I think it's pretty favorable. And but the strength of schedule, just the way it's looking, it helps that you play the division. That the division is bad. So that really that kind of changes things. Like I think I'm with you that Carolina can be a little bit better than what people think. 
I think Atlanta is going to be better than what people think. So that's going to be tougher. It's not going to be some, you know, some kind of cakewalk, really. I think you got to play good football on them. It's more on the Saints than rather than the opponents. Uh, I, I don't disagree with that at all. And I, but I think that the NFC South having the easiest schedule, and actually Tampa Bay's got a fairly, I don't want to say tough, but definitely a tougher schedule than than anyone else in the division. So the first place Tampa Bay schedule. Yeah, well, they, they're going to be a nightmare. Baker Mayfield, good luck with that. Uh, you go from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield. Why not Kyle um, Trask, man? Get on the Trask train. They're going to be getting on the Kyle Trask train before <laughs> too long. I promise you. JJ is, uh, is, uh, tells us hello. Uh, he, he, is, he wants to know what's going on. He said he's listening to Cabo. is watching the way. JJ, you, man, look, I've known you for a while, dude. Look, go do something else, man. That's what I was I'm thinking. Your colada. That's what I was thinking. Uh, Charles, <laughs> is saying, Charles is saying the Saints uh, play the way the other teams play. I've seen the number one best, the best number one contenders, and they lose to a one in ten. I don't know if you remember this, but the Saints are really good. I think this is like seven, eight years ago. They played an zero and nine Rams team, and I think the Saints were like six and three at the time and lost. And so you're right, absolutely. They've run into those follies with the Rams before. Uh, they uh, in '11 they lost to a hapless Rams team, uh, and then they, they went on a roll. And yeah, it, it's funny how I think Steven the, uh, Jackson rushed for like 180 yards or something. Like yeah, that. it's funny how the the old pesky Rams uh, could. Uh, uh, I just I don't even like looking at those uniforms. They just drive me insane. Daniel says uh, he doesn't think Atlanta is going to be that good. I'm not going to give too many spoiler alerts. Uh, we're again, the NFC South is the last division I'll be doing in my. Uh, in my predictions, uh, and so I don't want to get too many, but I do. I think that I think there's a chance. I'm not predicting this yet, but I think there's a chance that three teams in the NFC South, because of their schedule, you look at the quarterbacks that all these teams have to play, and they're not very good. I think there's a chance three teams in the NFC South have a winning record. So I think there's a lot of sleeping on the NFC South. And, again, most of it is because of their opponents, which aren't that good. Look what Philadelphia did with the easiest schedule in the league last year. Uh, they made it work for them. Uh, Tonette yeah. says uh, she saw the video outside the elevator. Victims' injuries, it's bad, and he went too far. Maybe out for eight. Eh, we'll see. Uh, JJ says he uh, he loves us, man. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, that's one for the uh, the references on on a, on a resume. Good transition comment here because I'm ready to move on to we're gonna again I'm we're gonna end the show with Larry. Uh, pouring through my NFC West picks and telling me how wrong I am. But <laughs> Daniel says uh, his biggest concern of depth is linebacker and offensive line. Certainly, two of mine, offensive line is number one. There is no question that offensive line has jumped uh, to the number one spot. Uh, lack of depth there. I am going, uh, Doug Mouton asked me to go down on fourth down at four on Sunday night. Um, and he's going to ask me for my prediction of over under. And I've been on the overtrain of 9.5 throughout the offseason and really until about a week ago. But I am super concerned right now. The loss of Trey Turner, who they signed, whom they signed for great depth, and now here we are again with Andrus Pete, which is going to mean James Hurst is probably going to have to play left guard, which means there's no one behind panning at left tackle. It scares the hell out of me if you're, if you're expecting the Saints to be good this year. Well, I mean, offensive line, I, I totally agree that it's uh, like it's not what it used to be. And it, you need everyone to be right. And then the Saints uh, could be, say, 
top 10 offensive line. I mean, I right. put it that way. And uh, But we haven't seen everybody right physically or even play on the field in a little bit. So I, I definitely think that. And I mean, at linebacker, I know, I know Andrew Dial just went out for the year and he's a complimentary piece, but you have Demario Davis and who else? I know I know Pete Werner. He's got Pete some Werner. upside, but you need him to be on the field all the time too. So here's the thing: the most indispensable player on the team is Demario Davis. Like you don't have anybody to fill in that spot. I would argue, uh, like even at quarterback, you got better depth. At wide receiver, you got better depth. Well, I think you got I, great yeah. depth at quarterback. Right, exactly. Uh, like cornerback. Like even you lose Marshawn Lattimore, you still have viable corners. Like agreed. Uh, Demario Davis is easily the most indispensable player on the team. If you lose him, you're you're in trouble. Like you're, it, you're in big does trouble. Does it worry so. you that he's getting a little long in the tooth? What is he? Thirty four now. 30? He's still playing at a look all pro level. That's the thing. Like it, it, it's funny you're seeing like him specifically. Like you're seeing kind of like a, we just talked about Kim Jordan. You see like a little bit of a drop off from him. Demario Davis is just sustaining. It's like he's almost. It's almost like he got better with age. I agree. That's rare. Uh, you know, because we've, we've seen a lot of years, middle linebackers decline with age, like a Vilma kind of, you know, he was beat up and then you could see it slip. Curtis Lofton, you could Quickly. see it slipped. Right. Uh, I remember the Saints tried to sign and they did James Laurinaitis and he like fell off the clip in like two seconds. That's right. Like DeMario got better and he is right now, you could argue among all teams, like he's a top three inside linebacker. Like middle linebacker, so he's well, like you have nobody uh, that that would compare to him on this team. So you you yeah, he and he's been very durable. You, the Saints have to hope he's still very durable. So what you're saying is the Saints have done a good job signing free agent linebackers from the Jets. <laughs> well, they <laughs> traded for Vilma. Oh, that's right. Okay, so they did trade that, for Vilma. There's that. Okay. There's that. But uh, Demario, I remember when Demario signed, and you know, Jets fans, uh, like they were ticked. That he that the Jets let him get away, and Demario made him show it right away. And he's been he's only gotten better. Like he's yeah. he, to me, well, I would say I would point to him. And look, he hasn't been around nearly as long as say Cam Jordan, and you know doesn't have the name recognition as as Sam Mills and the Field Miles, but and Vaughn and all those guys. But he's one of the best defenders in Saints history. I mean, that's well, this may that's sound like uh, not that big of a deal. But I think it is. I think that Andrew Dahl losing him, to me, Dahl was going to be the next Caden Ellis. I think he was going to come in and kind of be that guy. And I know he was a special teams guy up to this point. But I think, you know, you look at the leap that Ellis took last year and then got paid and left. Um, I think that, that Dahl could have filled that role. And to me, that's a loss. Yeah, no, Dahl is definitely a player who's getting better. I, I know that. Uh, you know, I'm not there every day like I used to be. But I, I know uh, just he they liked him a couple of years ago while I was still there every day in, in Saints locker room. Uh, and he's a guy that they were certainly leaning on to be a, a piece of this team, whether it's complimentary piece on defense and then special teams. So yeah, losing him when you don't have a lot of depth of proven guys at all. I mean, that's, he's the one of the guys you thought, okay, we can, we can rely on this guy and that's right. not going to be there. So that's, yeah, that's a tough break. How did you and I get locked in the basement? I'm in my house, but my house—it's the—it's the, kind of we now, don't like that realistically of basements. My house is literally tiered, so there's a couple of stairs behind me. But I, my camera's kind of—it's not level, so I've got—I'm doing. I should know, like my wife does TV. My camera should not—you should not be seeing the ceiling. But oh well, I'm breaking. It's the okay. Wheel. 
Yeah, it's okay that we see a ceiling. You could, have, I mean, you're gonna, you know, you could always get a green screen, and you know, if you want. Well, to. I need some of that uh, datitude. Uh, you know, it costs payola to, to to get me a screen. I mean, like I said, Duncan I mean, Holder. I'll buy you a green screen. It costs like fifty bucks. I mean, you're gonna cut you fifty bucks, dude. Okay, I hear you. You got a point. You definitely have a point. Jason says uh, he wants to know what happened before the video picks up. What difference does it make? The dude wasn't had made no contact with Alvin, no physical contact with Alvin Kamara whatsoever. So there is zero, there is zero, and I mean zero excuse for what Alvin Kamara did. Uh, it's AK story. There's no story. It, it's a video. He kicked the dude in the face while he was unconscious. There's no story. That's the story. And do you realize law enforcement has video? Like it's not like they correct. Just there's a, there's other video that we haven't seen, which right. is fine. It's a casino. I mean, there's video well, everywhere. <laughs> the dude, the 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 victim was a a dumbass. Was a drunk dumbass. There's zero question about that as well. I mean, I don't think anyone debates the guy was a drunk dumbass who was a pain in the keister and aggravating the hell out of Alvin Kamara and the guys he was with. But that is zero. I don't care that we're we're looking at a misdemeanor. Yeah, we're looking at a misdemeanor because Alvin Kamara has big time, big name, big money uh, attorneys. So, I mean, that's why it's a misdemeanor. If Larry or I or Jason who sent me that message or Jerry or anyone else who's in this message thread or watching this show would have done the same thing, we'd have been in jail with a felony conviction. We'd have already been convicted and been in jail. I promise you. So I yes. mean, just because it's a misdemeanor doesn't mean that Roger Goodell thinks uh, thinks anything differently. And Jason says, "P.S. He thinks he's guilty." Well, I mean, are you just being? Are you an attorney? I mean, maybe you are. You're starting to sound like one. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. Almost time to close out the show. So before we do, I promised it. Uh, I'm going to offer my predictions for the NFC West again. You can go back find them on any of these same social media channels. You can find it on bet.noah.com. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, easiest way is probably to go to either Facebook or YouTube, search for bet.noah.com uh, or noah.com for that matter, and you can find our shows. Uh, that's the best way. All right, here are my predictions for the NFC West, and I've got a couple semi-surprises in there. First of all, I think the Arizona Cardinals absolutely stink, and they're going to stink. Kyler Murray it doesn't look like he's going to start the season at quarterback. He's still uh, recovering. I don't think they're going to be any rush to throw him in there anyway. So I'm just writing them off. I don't think the 40, I think the 49ers are going to win this division and I'm start, sort of picking them the same way I picked the Jaguars almost, in the AFC South last week, almost by default. Um, because I don't think anyone else in the rest of the division is any good, really. That being said, there's value on the Rams at plus eight, I think it was eight twenty-five to win the division, which means that you get if you bet ten bucks on the Rams to win the division and they win the division, you get eighty-two fifty. So I think there's major value there. I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but I'm saying there's major value there. And I, frankly, I just don't believe in Geno Smith. I know he had a really good year last year. I don't see him repeating what he's doing, even with the great receivers that he has, and with Kenneth Walker. I think on the potential to be kind of a breakout kind of running back. I just don't see it. I think Seattle's defense is weak. I'm definitely not a Pete Carroll believer. I'm dropping them down to what I thought they were going to do last year. 
49ers uh, lost some on defense. I got them at 10 and 7. I do not think they will win the Super Bowl, and I do not think plus 900 is a value for them. Mediocre division, I think the 49ers win it. Yeah, I think the 49ers are the favorite. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, that's to me apparent. Uh, and I'm, you got to see, though, with the 49ers, it sounds like Brock Purdy's healthy. Uh, he does. Was he, was he a four, five, six game wonder? Uh, you know, I think that's, you have to wonder there. Uh, sure. but I think their defense is, is very stout. Uh, you know, they've got, they've got some weapons. I think Debo Samuel improves. Uh, you got Kittle, you got McCaffrey. So I think they're in good shape there, but yeah, uh, look, and I'm wondering the, you know, the big question with the Rams is Stafford. I mean, is he done really? Uh, because if you look at just kind of some of the weapons that they have, uh, you know, they defensively, they don't, they don't, they're not super impressive. I mean, they're Aaron Donald and everyone else really. And Aaron Donald's the year last year, he kind of had a down year and he might, this might be his last year. Uh, you know, Cam Akers actually came on a good bit last year at running back toward the end of the season. But that was, again, was with backup quarterback. So, you know, I, I uh, I, I think Seattle's a better team than the Rams. Uh, I, I just think that I would I would flip those, but I don't I don't have confidence that Seattle is going to repeat and make the playoffs. I mean that's you know you, you, I, I guess that to, was my main thing more than anything. Yeah. I need to Maybe see I, I need to see it more than one year with with Geno Smith uh, because he was a roller coaster ride. He would be great for four weeks, then kind of be a little head scratching, then be great again for four weeks. Like he was a big time roller coaster. Uh, they've got weapons in the receiving core, uh, you know, and they got Bobby Wagner back on, on right. defense. I think he can still play. Uh, you know, they got Devin Witherspoon as a cornerback to, to kind of help that defense. So, and, and look, Tyreek Woolen was one of the best corners in the NFL last yep. year. And six interceptions, his uh, passer rating against was uh, one of the best in the league. So it was still 23rd overall in defense, I believe, is what it was. And so that that leads me to big cause for concern when it comes to the Seahawks. And, uh, right. you know, what else shows me is Vegas is usually pretty good with their over-under win totals. They wanted to do eight and a half so bad, but they couldn't because they knew uh, if they put eight and a half, they were going to get overwhelmingly, they were going to get over bets. And so um, they want to limit their liability. But you got to bet. 130 bucks to win 100 to bet the under nine. So that tells you what Vegas thinks. Vegas thinks that Seattle is going to win eight games. Um, I have them under that, but I certainly like the under nine. Uh, again, minus 130. That's kind of a yeah. Uh, I think that's reach. fair because I think they kind of smoke and mirrored their way into some of those and some some wins. So yeah, I, I think that I think that's fair. Uh, so yeah, it's it's going to come down to if Seattle can stop someone. Uh, better. I mean, look, you know, because you saw in the playoffs, they got exposed big time there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then Arizona, look, they're already debating Caleb Williams or Drake May, and what do they do with Kyler Murray? And that's a that's a total mess. I mean, what a I, mess that team is. Yeah, Jonathan, I don't know what Jonathan Gannon thought he was. I know you just want to be a head coach, but to me, Larry, sometimes you just say, you know what? That's probably not the best place for me to get my first gig because you know people say people just. All the time when they're talking bad about Dennis Allen, look, I fell into the trap. I had a I had a lapse of about three or four weeks where I, I got on Dennis Allen bashing train and realized, you know what? You still got to give this guy a chance. But people love to spot out Dennis Allen's record. Well, he was coaching for a really bad team when he when he was in Oakland. 
And so Jonathan Gannon's going to have the same kind of stigma. If he has two years of three and 14 and if lucky enough to go maybe six and 11 next year, I mean, he's going to have that, that awful record. And Jonathan Gannon can't win any games. His record's awful. Well, it's not his fault. So why would you take a job like that? Well, it's funny. Uh, you know, you mentioned Dennis Allen, and he, look, he took one of the 32 jobs. Didn't work out for him with the Raiders. Sean Payton turned the Raiders down and waited a year before he took exactly. his first head coaching job. So, but I mean, look, it's, you know, it, it sometimes the iron, you got to take it when it strikes. I get it. Uh, you know, if it's He's not a young like, guy, though, he's a super young guy with a great future. I mean, I think he could have waited. Maybe, but it's, it's, look, when that, when that job's there and they're hanging in front I of you guess. and they pay you and you're the guy and like, well, it's hard to turn down. So it's, it's rare that you turn it down. It really I, is. I will say this. If he does turn them in, if Jonathan Gannon turns the Cardinals into something, and let's just say that if they even win like seven games, um, if he wins seven games with that group, I think that uh, the future is super bright for them and he can show the world, hey, I'm going to be a great coach. So That might not be what they want them to be, though, because Maybe. they might have a new quarterback. They, they, seven they games, want Caleb one. Williams. Yeah, yeah then, they're, then they're looking at, uh, you know, the third or fourth quarterback in the draft. But, I mean, that means you're actually getting better quarterback play. But, yeah, it's that is something. It all comes down to what do you want to do with Kyler Murray. I mean, yeah. Kyler Murray would be the first one out the door as opposed to Gannon unless he totally goes Nathaniel Hackett and is totally awful. But uh, – <laughs> Well, Sean Payton told you how awful he was. Well, your eyes could tell you, and Sean Payton, everything he said was true, but whatever this code nonsense is, give me a break. It's <laughs> too bad. Here's the code. You sucked. You needed to get fired, and someone called you out on it. Too bad. So, And a guy with all the kinds of credentials called you out on it. So what? Poor well, you. I know. You and, you and Duncan are like, y'all want to go like hang out at the beach with Sean Payton. I mean – I don't know. I'm pretty sure Sean and I have had our back and forths uh, in life. So yeah, I mean, if if he if I thought he was wrong, look, did he get died? I, I, look, I've talked to him over the years. Where man, he, he he will say that stuff off the record, but I think he got super comfortable with a guy yeah, he's he had got- a really good relationship with for years and years with Jarrett Bell. He's talked to him about big time issues off the field, uh, and and has leaned on him. And I think Sean Payton got really comfortable and just kind of got diarrhea of the mouth. I mean, that's Sean Payton. I love how everybody's talking about the coaches. He ripped the people who just hired him. Like that's getting like no play. I just, you know, I have a problem with a guy who like, he picked on cat so much when he was here and, you know, Oh, Sean. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, certain people that he picked on or, or people that, wouldn't necessarily fight back. Um, I don't know. I just he rubbed me the wrong way a few times. I, I know everybody loves Sean Payton in New Orleans, so you can't talk about you think I don't uh, know about that, but look, I, look. I'm not talking about us in the media. I'm talking about just Joe Q fan. Well, I don't know. People some people think he's a traitor. Well, speaking of the traitor, if that's what you want to call him, uh guess I'm who guess who are preview no, I know you're not. I'm not I could call him whatever I want. Um, <laughs> at least today, maybe tomorrow. Okay. So can I, but I'm just saying, hey, but all right, well, Tuesday, we're going to be, uh, begin our previews of the AFC West and by alphabetical order, the Denver Broncos are first. So Sean Payton will be our preview on Tuesday. So next week it's the AFC West, one of the better divisions in football, uh, the defending champion, the Kansas city chiefs, 
Los Angeles Chargers, will they do anything? Will they be able to finally move off of that 10 and 7 record and not, if, will they be able to get in the playoffs and win? That's going to be a big question. We're going to find out uh, next week along with the Las Vegas Raiders, who I think are probably going to have a tough season unless Jimmy G just becomes the next coming of Drew Brees, which I doubt. All right, Larry, thank you so much for joining the show. And I am looking forward to our Ted. And I'm, dare I say, I'm going to bring back the pixie dust. Oh, I'm sure you will. You bring back all the old gimmicks. <laughs> There's no doubt. I, I didn't bring out the roasting. I didn't roast you today. I mean, you bring it, back the like the the black and gold today's from like a probably. decade ago. I mean, look, we were we were eight years younger then, so we probably looked a lot better. You had like what year yeah. is it? 2023. Uh, we started okay. that. We started that in 2012. Yeah, but I didn't become host of that show until 2015. True. True. So I don't have all my hosting roasting stuff uh, is, is eight is years true. old. This we looked true. a lot younger. I actually was a yes. lot thinner then, too. <laughs> I didn't have gray stubble. Looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. So uh, all you out there, make sure you come back. Uh, now, look, I'm going to have guests throughout every Friday. We're going to be on every Friday. I think Doug Mouton is coming on next Friday. So I don't know what's going on with Doug and I. We have some kind of weird relationship going on right now. I was on his show Wednesday. I'm going to be on his show Sunday night, and I think he's coming on my show Friday. I, it just so happened that way. I promise you. But anyway, we're going to have guests uh, from around the New Orleans area, media experts leading up until when Larry comes back. I think it's September the 8th. I don't remember. It was the first. First, you got that tennis thing, right? September 1st. I've got three weekends of state tennis tournaments. Okay, I'm so- like, it's insanity. I think we decided September 8th, which is the Friday before the Saints regular season start is and when Larry will become the regular Friday guest on Datitude. And I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Good times. All right, I promise you I won't won't mess with you too bad. It's just, you know, we're pretty sure I can take it. Maybe we can have Billy Nungusser on the show. Wow, that is an inside baseball (laughs) joke there. Okay. All right, well. You get the gist. Larry is going to be on regularly from beginning September 8th. He'll be on every week, every Friday, as we preview the Saints game, whatever it may be. We're also, it's not going to be just a Saints show. It's going to probably be 75, 80% Saints when Larry's on, but we're also going to have Uncle Big Nick's going to be coming back on on Fridays as well, and we'll have our 10-minute prediction segment. We may do it a little bit different this year, but uh, Larry and I also are going to talk about maybe some of the bigger games that are going to be in the NFL that weekend. So it's not just going to be Saints, but it will be mostly Saints. We think you'll like it either way. And either way, we thank you for joining us uh, every Friday. Again, I think next Friday, I haven't confirmed it with him yet, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be Doug Mouton of WWL next Friday as we talk about the Saints preseason opener, which is a week from Sunday in the Dome against the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. All three Saints preseason games are on a Sunday this year. That is super weird for me. Um, usually they play one on a Thursday night or a Friday night or something. And just insane. I remember last year, my, uh, I had to drive to, I did this, this, it was my dad's 80th birthday. And it was on a Friday night. And um, I had so much going on that weekend, but I, I didn't want to miss it. So I worked uh, my tail off Monday through Thursday that week, did the previews I had to do, whatever. I got on the road Friday morning, drove to, my dad lives nine hours away in Florida, drove there, had dinner with my dad, hung around for a couple hours, 
got in the car, and drove back. And I was going to stop about halfway. Anyway, my point is when I was coming back, uh, Saints preseason game on was on the radio. Um, I can't even remember who they were playing. I want to say they were playing, I don't know, I want to say Jacksonville or something. I, I don't remember for sure. Um, whoever it is, they lost. Um, I do remember that part. But anyway, dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. Got up, drove to Florida nine hours, went to my dad's dinner, got in the car, drove back, and I got back, I got back in my bed. It was about four in the morning. You want to talk about the last two hours I was slapping myself in the face the entire time. Don't ever do that, by the way. I don't know how people who drive for a living, and I know there are rules now so they can only drive like 10 hours at a time, but that was basically 21 hours from the time that I woke up to the time that I got home with two and a half to three hours in between uh, with my dad at dinner. Ugh, that was dumb. I promise I'm never going to do that again. Too old to do that anyway. But I'm not too old to have a good show here, and I thank you for listening. How are we going to go out today? You know, I never even mentioned it, but the kids are going back to school. Oh, my goodness. They're going back to school. Who says Pink Floyd doesn't know what he's talking about? I mean, it's a perfect song to end the show here today, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. We, they absolutely need education. And if they don't need education, they need to get the hell out of here. Well, look, when you work at home, it is, it is tough during the summer. I got to say, my 12-year-old daughter, she was, she's way better this summer. She, couldn't, she was too old to go to, uh, to summer camp this year. So the little one went to summer camp, but the, but the older one, the 12-year-old, stayed home with me. And I thought it was going to be a nightmare. I just assumed it, and it was, I was wrong. We had a good time together this summer, but I'm so ready for them to go back to school, right? Aren't, aren't we all? So next week, next Friday, when we, uh, when we come on, I think the kids will be in school. It's going to be exciting. And we're going to get back to normal, whatever the hell that means. So until next Friday, everybody, have a great week. This is the last weekend. We won't be able to talk about live football one way or the other, right? Um, preseason begins next week. We don't count the Hall of Fame game yesterday. Um, I didn't even watch, but maybe a quarter of it. Um, but preseason football, for those of you who get excited about it, starts next week. Let's hope nothing else happens in camp. Let's hope we get an answer on Alvin Kamara real soon. And again, we congratulate Cam Jordan for most likely being able to retire in three years as a New Orleans Saint. We'll see. Plenty of time before then. Everybody have a great week and a wonderful weekend. Try to find a way to stay cool. Drink lots of water. And I mean water, boys and girls, not that other stuff. It's got, that's kind of bubbly and wheat-colored or whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> See you next Friday. Peace and love, my friends. <laughs>